The Manage Smarter Show is brought to you by SalesQuid, the app that helps salespeople discover why they miss quota and what to do about it. Find out more at salescred.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Lee, you've written two books, and uh, the process of that was you know, kind of like having a baby, is kind of what you say in terms of pulling everything out I, of your I brain. wouldn't dare say that because I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but our guest today is an expert in self-publishing, book writing, and then how to take those books and leverage them to scale up your business. It's going to be great if you've ever yeah. had ambitions to write or written. Well, yeah, the thing is, like, if you're, if you're, you're, say, a, a middle manager and you're managing a staff, you're going, okay, what do I need to write a book for? Whatever. Maybe you got a side hustle. Maybe you've always, you know, dreamt of, of writing a book of one form or another that has nothing to do with, with work. Or, uh, you know, maybe you're trying to launch a business and get it off the ground or whatever, and you need to establish yourself as an authority in the area. So, uh, you know, there are lots of good reasons why you want to write a book. And uh, we're going to cover a lot of those today. So welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the CEO and founder of SalesFuel and author of the book, SalesCred, How Buyers Qualify Sellers. There you go. We're working in, working in. Chandler <laughs> Bolt is our guest today. He's an investor and the CEO of Self Publishing School and SelfPublishing.com. He's part of Forbes 30 Under 30 and the author of seven best-selling books, including the most recent book title, oh, here it is, published, Self-Publishing School is an INC 5000 company, last three years in a row as one of the 5,000 fastest growing private companies here in the US. And again, website, selfpublishingschool.com and selfpublishing.com. Chandler, wow. Where do you want to start with all this? Um, why write a book and how to pick your topic maybe? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think um, as, as a middle manager or a leader, it's one of the best ways that that. Uh, you can get promoted faster. Um, and then kind of, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, if, if, if you have a side hustle or a business, you're trying to start awesome, then it, it makes perfect sense. And it can be one of the best things to differentiate. But also if you want to get promoted or if you want to, uh, I, I look at it as, as teaching a methodology to your team or setting the culture of, of what you believe. I mean, you become an authority by becoming an author. And that just opens up so many opportunities, whether it is promotions, whether it is a pay bump, whether it is your side business. I think it's, it's a great first or next step uh, for a lot of growing uh, managers. And we had a, a guest on, on the podcast already uh, who, who became an author and, and she wrote her first book. Uh, while she was, and she was speaking you know, like that while she was employed uh, at, at, at a corporate company. I won't say which one, uh, but uh, she got in a little bit of trouble because like she didn't, you know, she didn't, she didn't get it clear. They weren't too thrilled about her writing the book. Okay. Your, your brand, you're making your brand more important than our brand and everything like that. So you ever work with anybody like that, that, you know, has to go through channels, you know, from where they work to make sure that they don't disclose confidential information or that everybody in the company is on board with what they're doing. Yeah, that's a great question. I think where that comes into play most often is, is in the military or in massive companies or maybe even public companies. Um, you might have to run it by legal. Now, uh, I get it from the company perspective because your employees are becoming more valuable and more hireable. <laughs> um, so, I, I, you know, I, don't, I, I get it, but I also think that's kind of a, a scarcity mindset uh, way to look at your, your, your employees developing. I mean, the, they can be advocates for you as your brand 
um, through this book and a lot of people on my staff um, write and publish books. So yeah, I think that that sometimes happens where you got to run it by legal, um, especially in, in big companies or in the military. But other than that, I don't think it's a big issue. So if you have ideas in your head rattling around, how do you uh, sort them and pick the one that is most likely to be most successful as a book? Yeah. Um, so I think people who are listening are probably in one of three camps. Either they've got an idea and they know what they would want to write about. They've got no idea and they're thinking, gosh, yeah, I would never write a book. Or kind of uh, to your point, Audrey, maybe they're thinking, hey, I've got too many ideas. How do I figure out which one to write That's, first? That, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I, I would look at it this way. Um, I, I, I think, um, you know, ask yourself these three questions. Question number one is which one can I finish the fastest? So I have the most life experience or content on this topic. Um, Question number two, which one am I most likely to finish? So not only am I going to get started, but I'm actually going to finish the draft of this book. And then question number three uh, is which one's going to make me happy? Like, which one am I going to enjoy writing? Most passionate about. Yeah, exactly. And so that's how I look at this. Now, I know for me personally, because I do some, some of, you know, I've written a bunch of books, but also, when I think about it in the context of a manager or a leader, um, I look at what are the things that are coming up on my one-on-ones and what are the topics that I'm coaching my team on consistently. Uh, and specifically for this crew, that might be a good place to cr- kind of crowdsource ideas on your unique methodology or how you lead and manage either as a whole or within the company that you work yeah, I think it's also good too that you communicate internally, which is which is a lesson that I had to learn. Where you know people internally are, are clear that it's like, okay, I'm not going to mention names. You know, no one's going to be. I'm I'm not writing about this about my team or my staff specifically. I'm talking about things in general terms. No mm-hmm. one's going to be able to yeah. figure out that I'm talking about you or or, yeah. or whatever because there's there's some anxiety that goes along with that. Yeah, yeah, there certainly can be, especially if you're writing in sort of a case study storytelling mode. Mm-hmm. And then somebody might think, well, you're just talking about me. Um, yeah. You know, well, and, and that's where, if you are, if you are specifically talking about people, I think either change names mm-hmm. uh, or get their permission. Change and genders or, too. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and cause uh, yeah, just, it, 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 and if, and that's where, if it's sensitive, which, you know, unless you're writing a like this tell-all expose, <laughs> it, you know, it, uh, my hunch is a lot of people are listening. It's it's positive, constructive lessons learned. So when, if that's the context or the backdrop, uh, it's uh, you know, it's not it's not a big deal. Uh, 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 but but if it is something where it's a little bit more critical, then definitely have those conversations and run it by people. Well, and the other thing to that point, it's a great point that you brought up because I, I wanted to write my first book on, on uh, toxicity in the workplace and, you know, had it all laid out and everything like that. And I had publishers actually tell me that's too negative. That's not going to sell because it's too negative. There needs to be a positive. So, you know, I had to work in then, okay, you, know, you hire rainmakers or, and, and avoid toxic troublemakers. And that's kind of how I got to, to work in. And so I had a blend of positive and negative, but you can't go too negative because uh, I, would you agree that, you know, you kind of limit your appeal by doing that? Yeah, I, I think I, I don't like going negative, but I do like addressing pains that people have, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. maybe you've heard the saying, it, it, it's easier to sell pain pills than it is to sell vitamins. So I think you could talk about a pain pill like toxicity in the workplace, but you can do it in a positive way. So the topic can speak to a pain that people have, and I think it should. I talk about this in my new book um, about, about the four P's of a best-selling book, person, pain, promise, price. 
right? So you need to, and what's the pain that the audience has that they know that they have? So I like writing books that speak to pain, but to your point, in a positive and constructive way. So I've got my idea. One of the things you wanted to talk about is how can I do this quickly? Lee, your process is very fast, but if I'm too busy to write a book, how do I write my book? How do I do yeah. it? I, I, I'll, I'll give my thoughts. I'd love to hear Lee, how you did mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. uh, which is, so um, I, I believe in this, it's called the more writing method. More is an acronym. It's really, uh, it, there's eight milestones to writing and publishing a book. Um, the first four is the more writing method. So mind map, outline, rough draft, editing. The first and best step for most people who are listening to this, I'd say is start with that mind map, spend 15 minutes as soon as you get done listening to this episode, excuse me, write out everything that you can think of on the topic for your book, right? So the stories that you have, the lessons that you've learned, the broken record conversations. And when you do that, it makes the whole rest of the process easier because you use that mind map to create an outline. You use that outline to write the rough draft. Uh, and then once you have a rough draft, uh, you, you do the editing of the book. So that's what I recommend for people. I'd be curious, Lee, uh, I'll, I'll add one book? more, which is parking lot, uh, because you're going to have a lot of different mm, ideas. And, and when you're starting to uh, spin the, the story or the narrative about the book and everything like that, some of the things aren't just going to fit. It's good content and you're going to want to jam it in there, but it's just not going to fit. So put it in the parking lot and make yourself like a little notebook, you know, on, on your computer or something like that, because you're going to be able to use that stuff in social media or when you're out speaking or, or, or anything or, or, or talking about the book, you know, as like little bonus things, or you're going to be able to put together like a little bonus white paper as an excerpt to the book where to get people to, you know, to download that. Now you got their names and you can market to them and everything like that. So uh, not everything needs to go into the book. And, and for me, it's like, it was easier. My second book was easier because the first one, I didn't know how to write a book. And so fortunately I had, a, I had a publisher that, that walked me through it. And, you know, they also helped, helped me get started with the writing on it a little bit. The second one, I knew how to write the book or whatever, and I just jammed away on it. And so I had like 140 uh, credibility tips for, for sales credibility. This, this is my book right here. I got to hold up mine. There it is. And uh, I had 200. And so it's like I had to draw a line somewhere. And so I had 60 of them in a parking lot that I use you know, on, on our sales cred app that you can download on the app stores for your, for your mobile phone. Uh, but I also use it on social media and speaking and everything like that. And of course, then as you do that, then you come up with new ones mm. as, as you go yeah. along and, and new anecdotes or whatever for you to tell. But that's OK, because you're going to use that somewhere else. Yeah, that's great. It's great. Tip. Is there a um, here's a p p stupid basic question I'm going to ask, which is what is the minimum number of pages that makes a book credible? That's not a, that's a good question. Yeah, actually. it's a great question. Too uh, thin. I, it's like, eh, what, what is this? You know, it's a magazine. It's not really a book. <laughs> Yeah, I look at it more in words than pages, but they translate pretty similarly. Um, and so somewhere between 15 to 60,000 words is kind of okay. your typical nonfiction book. On the lower end of that is, a, is, is pretty small. 15 to 20,000 words is pretty small, but it goes back to the purpose or function of the book. Is this something that you want a customer or prospect to read in the onboarding process potentially? You know, I think this is where, where books fit into what you guys do at SalesFuel mm -hmm. mm -hmm. is use the book to answer objections that people have to edify and build authority or to get the meeting um, and stand out by shipping a physical copy of the book. Now you're an authority on that subject. 
when they need the solution that you provide, they're, they're calling you, right? So those are, I would lean more towards shorter, punchy to the point they solve the problem so that people actually read them or pick them up. And then you've got your more traditional uh, nonfiction when she's on the longer end of that spectrum. Yeah, also too, no. It's like who you're writing it for. Like if you're writing it for um, someone who's very action driven, uh, yeah. you know, higher up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me what I need to know, get to the point, no fluff or whatever, bullet pointed out or whatever, show me a chart and a diagram or something like that. But on the other hand, if you're dealing with somebody who's very technical and analytical and everything like that, you got to go into details. You got to bring the stats and the numbers and everything like that, you know, the, 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 for proof of backing it up. And for others, then you just need, you need to tell more stories. So it really depends on who you're, what audience you're writing it for, you know, that kind of dictates then the format in which you want to put this stuff in. Absolutely. That's a great point. So, and other than your sales team sending out their CEO's book and using that as a carrot and a stick for prospecting and all that, what are some of the other ways you can use your book to scale up your business? I like that tip. What, what else? Yeah. Drop ship a book. Yeah. So I look at it, I look at it in in three ways. So I look at this of how do you use the book to get more leads, more sales, Mm -hmm. more referrals, right? And so leads, these are people who hear about you because of your book. Um, and so these are people, whether it's sales cred or whether it's my book published, you know, there's a lot of people who wrote those books who never knew about sales fuel or never knew about self-publishing school until they found out about those books. So that's using the book to get more people to hear about you or more leads. Then there's using the book to get more sales. And that's whatever mechanism of your sales process, using the book in that process. So whether that's shipping a book to get a meeting whether it's to turn traffic into a lead, lead into an appointment, appointment to show up or, or show up to purchase, like all of those kind of or key thank you for your purchase. Funnels. Exactly. hundred percent. And so, so all those key metrics will, will, will rise by introducing a book. And then to your point, Lee, post-purchase, thank you for purchase. I look at how the third bucket, how do we use the book to get more, more referrals, mm-hmm. right? And so what my recommendation is give, um, two copies of your book to every single new customer. And you say, hey, here's one copy for you. And here's one copy for someone you know who needs help with, insert the problem that you solve. Right? And so now, instead of a business card, which most people will throw away within 24 hours, there's a book. And when they find out that someone needs help with that thing, they give that book to them. And then now you're turning a customer into an active referrer. And then they're adding value by giving that book to someone they know who needs That's help. a great tip because we give we give away one new book, you know, for, mm. for a new client. But I love the idea too. That's very mm. actionable. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you want to go bigger, coming from the public relations side, when in television news and you know bookings, I always um, said that if you are a book author, it unlocks the keys to the PR kingdom because if you have a book, yes, you're credible and you're not a hard sell booking for. Uh, what we call earned media. Um, So you can use it that way as well. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about self-publishing because self-publishing doesn't necessarily mean that you go it alone and okay, now you're, you're in charge of typesetting a layout and getting it up on Amazon and like that. Talk to me about some of the ways which your company, for example, uh, helps people then uh, with all the other aspects of, of the book beyond writing. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, our goal at self-publishing school and selfpublishing.com is, is to democratize the publishing industry, put the power back in the hands of authors. If you think about the way that books used to be sold, you know, that if you went, the only way books were sold was in a bookstore. To get into a bookstore, you had to have a publisher, to have a publisher, you had to have an agent. And so there's kind of all these, these gatekeepers 
Well, now it's over 70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon and other online book retailers, right? And you don't need a publisher to publish on Amazon. So you can make a whole lot more royalties. You can keep your IP. You can main, maintain creative freedom, like all those things by self-publishing. But to your point, Lee, uh, it can be intimidating to kind of say, oh my gosh, there's all these things that I got to do, uh, whether it's cover design, formatting, editing, all that stuff. So our goal uh, is to do a lot of that stuff for people um, or navigate them through the process and plug them up uh, with people who uh, or plug them in with people who can help through that process. So our goal is to save people hundreds of hours in the process, save people thousands of dollars in the process and help them write it and publish a better book that sells more copies and that grows their business. That's amazing. So we've got a few minutes left. Talk about the new book that you have and you have a giveaway for us. Yeah. Uh, publishedbook.com slash smarter, everyone. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, so Jim. Publishedbook.com forward slash smarter. Uh, and that's published like I published a book. Um, you can head there. The first 50 people who go to that link and fill out the form, um, I, I'll send you a, a copy of this book, print it, pack it, ship it. You don't have to pay anything. So there's no strings attached. Um, it, th- this, this book, it's, it's called The Proven Path from 10,000, uh, sorry, from blank page to 10,000 copies sold, published. This is my newest book. This is a lot of stuff that we talked about today and a lot of stuff that we haven't. It goes way more in depth. And the goal is uh, for this to help you along your journey of publishing your book. So you can obviously get it on Amazon. You can listen to it on Audible. I narrate it there. It's kind of fun. Um, but if you want a physical copy on me for free, um, just go to publishedbook.com forward slash smarter. That's great. Is it super important to have an, uh, an audio version of your book or is it okay not to do that if you don't want to do studio time and sit there? I think it's important. It? Um, okay. I, I think it's very important, especially if your book is connected to your business or your personal brand. Now, okay. I, I've, ha- I've hired uh, voice actors to record some of my books and that can work okay. Um, but if you want to build affinity with your market, and this is why I narrated my most recent book is I I want a connection with the reader. And so I think people leave that and it's, I call a book a silent salesman (laughs) because that book is doing a lot of sales without me saying a word. I mean, obviously I'm recording the book that one time, but uh, on a one-to-one basis, it's, it's bringing people into our ecosystem and building an affinity Mm -hmm. with me and with self-publishing school. And so I think it's really important um, to do an audio book and not only that, but it'll help you make more royalties from your book by, by doing an audio book. Okay, Lee, into the studio. You, well, there's a company that can help you <laughs> help you do that as well. So when I record yeah. one of my audio books, uh, yes. we went through uh, and, and read it and they, they, they'd go back, they'd listen to it and they'd say, okay, you need to redo number 16. Okay, you mm-hmm. need to redo number 19. Uh, your yep. words were a little slurred on, on, on the second paragraph here or you're, you're talking too fast here. Let's redo that or something like that. So they'll, act, and they'll, they'll piece it all together and edit it and everything like that. So you can get help in that area as well, even if you are self-published and, you know, that's also a great way to go, particularly on the first time. And, yeah. uh, and this is my advice. And I want, I want to get Chandler. I want you to chime in on this too. Uh, you always wonder about these people, whatever, they just turn out book after book after book. And it's like, you know, and, and I, I think I figured it out because the first one is like, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. It took a long time. Yeah. The second one, I mean, I, it was a vastly better book and I knocked it out in half time. And so I would just, just think that the, once you learn how to write the book, Right. Then it becomes a lot easier than just to, you know, to, to pump out more books, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it really is. And, and I'd say learning how to ride a book is kind of like learning how to ride a bike. 
once you know how to do it, you can keep just keep doing it again and again. Now, the asterisks I would give is don't just turn out a book just to turn out a book. It will get easier. But I think, Lee, you probably saw this for yourself, is the speed of writing the book is often a, a byproduct of the depth of teaching the content and the book or experiencing the content and the book. So it's like, it's almost like the, the story of Picasso, you know, drawn on a napkin and, and a lady said, can I buy that from you? And he said, yeah, for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the amount was. And she said, yeah, but it just took you 10 minutes. And he said, well, no, it didn't take me 10 minutes. It took a lifetime uh, ah. because I, it took me a lifetime to acquire all these skills that I then drew into this painting in 10 minutes. And so that would be my asterisk is, the depth of experience and teaching that you have with that content also leads to a better, faster uh, written book. That's great. Chandler, this has been a pleasure. It's so great to meet you finally and to learn from you. You got that a lot of good That was the fastest tips. 20 minutes I think I've had in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, Audrey, Lee, thank you guys so much for having me here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.